Deacon Canty, Deacon Thomas, y'all come on up and help me with these tables, please. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that as your word goes forth, that it would find fertile ground in our hearts and minds, that we would be more than just hearers of your word, that we would be doers as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've been in this series making first things first, and we've talked about loving God first, seeking God first, and giving to God first. And I've got to be honest with you, the subject of today's message is, is one of those sermons that I struggle to, to preach, not because it's not true and not because it's not needed, but because I grew up in an era where I've seen so many excesses and seeing people taken advantage of so much by taking scriptures out of their proper context that in overreaction to that, I have erred on the side of silence. Today, I want to talk about giving. Now, I know in the church, we're cool when we talk about the giving of your time. And we okay Rev, I'm not too convicted when you talk about the giving of my talents. But when you start talking about the money, I've got some problems there. And I know giving, especially when it comes to the giving of money, is a four-letter word even though it has six letters in it. Right? We, we, we don't want to hear about that. We, we, we just don't want to hear about it. But today, I am going to go where angels fear to tread. And I want to deal with a subject that many of us have heard, but few of us really understand the truth and the power of the principle and how God can use it to refocus our lives and to unleash his power on your behalf in a way that you could not think, ask, or imagine. Today, I want us to continue looking at this subject, making first things first. And today, we're going to focus on making giving to God first. But specifically, we're going to talk about the truth about tithing. The truth about tithing. And I believe the truth needs to be shared because the truth of the matter is the devil has so co-opted this concept that there are many people in the body of Christ who are living far below where they should be because they have been literally turned off to what God says in his word. If you have your outline, would you say amen? 
If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. Three things I want you to see today. Don't walk out because if you do, folk going to know you mad at me. <laughs> so just sit there grinning and bearing. Here's the first thing. Number one, you need to realize tithing was a giving principle before the law, not because of the law. Tithing was a giving principle practiced before the law, not because of the law. You will have some uber spiritual Christians who will say to you, well, I don't believe in tithing because tithing was part of the law. You need to understand tithing was practiced before the law was ever created. Look at Genesis chapter 14. Verse 20 in particular is the first time in the Bible the concept of the tithe is presented. After his return from the defeat of Chador Lyomer and the king who were and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Now, tithe or tenth literally refers to 10%. What Abram received in the spoils of war, what he received out of the battle, he presented 10% to the Lord. Melchizedek, the king of Salem, Salem was a shortened form of the word Jerusalem. And Melchizedek was not just the king, but he was the high priest there. And this is the reason when it's referred to as Jesus being of the order of Melchizedek, this is the Melchizedek that is referred to. This is before Abraham was blessed by God and his name was changed. You remember this is the same Abram whose name was changed to Abraham. His wife Sarai's name was changed from Sarai to Sarah. This precludes their entry into the promised land. This precludes the establishment of the law. This was a principle of giving that basically said, I acknowledge where my blessings come from. Now, I want you to look at A, because this is very important. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the next one. Go back to one. Genesis 28, verse 22. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. This is Jacob speaking here. Again, prior to the law being established. Now, have you ever heard anybody say, well, you know, I hear these preachers talking about tithing, but we're not required to tithe because we're under grace. You ever heard anybody say that? Yeah, we're not required. Tithing was the law. We're under grace, and they use 
grace to justify giving less, not more. So let me be very clear. The law's requirement of the tithe was not just 10%, it was multiples of 10%. It ended up under a theocracy turning out to be somewhere around 33%. Here's the second thing you need to understand. When you talk about being under grace, grace requires more than the law because grace gave more than the law. Watch this. The law condemns you. Grace frees you. The law brings misery. Grace brings mercy. The law pulls you down with guilt. Grace raises you up by its very nature. So over and over again, when you read the Bible, when somebody says to you, well, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace, then you need to understand when you're under grace, your 10% is just the starting point. You haven't maxed out at grace at 10%. You just getting started. Some of y'all looking at me strange. Watch what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5. I laid out several verses for you, but just follow me. Verse 21, you have heard. Jesus begins this series of quotations of the Old Testament and the law as it was required of God for the Jews. And here's what he basically says. I'm going to show you what the law requires, and then I'm going to show you what I expect under grace. You have heard that it was said, you shall not murder. Go down to verse 22. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Uh-oh. You have heard, verse 27, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look at a woman with lustful intent, you have already committed adultery. Uh-oh. <laughs> Go down to verse 33. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. I swear to God. Look at what he says in verse 34. But I say to you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Verse 38, you have heard it was said an eye for an eye and a two for a two. Sounds good when you want to get back at somebody, right? You know, Bible says an eye for an eye and a two for a two. Wait a minute, what did Jesus say? Verse 39, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other one also. Oh, my God. You mean under the law I can get away with slapping somebody back? But under grace I got to turn the other cheek? Look at verse 40. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, give them your cloak as well. If they force you to go one mile, go two miles. You have heard that you shall love your neighbor, verse 43, and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
every time Jesus mentions the law in contrast to grace, he says grace requires more. So there's somebody in here who needs to understand tithing is not a mandate of the law. That's not where it started. It just started as a principle of giving back. Let's go to the second thing. Number two, you need to realize tithing is deemed to be a proper response to God's blessings in your life. How do you respond to God's blessings in your life? Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. The commitment of your heart is demonstrated by the direction of your giving. Look at verse 19, Genesis chapter 14, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Abram gave a tenth of everything. Go down to Genesis 28, verse 20. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. Look at A. When you tithe, you tell God, thank you. No, notice what Jacob says. Jacob says, Lord, if you will be with me and keep me in the way that I go, if you give me bread to eat and clothes to wear, if you bless me, my proper response to say thank you is to give you a full tenth of what you bless me with. Now, can I tell you what God says and can I tell you what we want? God says in his word, bread to eat, clothing to wear. We say Fine dining, fancy clothes. <laughs> Y'all see the difference? There's a gratitude that God expects. There's a thank you that God expects just for the simple provisions in life. Because before you started going to restaurants whose names you couldn't pronounce properly, before you started looking at restaurants that had menu items and they didn't have prices next to them. Before you started hanging out at those spots that only the rich and famous could hang out, God said, were you blessed with food? Were you blessed with clothes? Were you, were, were you blessed with shelter? Were you blessed with the basic things in life? Then it's just right to say to God, thank you. To tell God, I tata you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good. But I want you to see the second thing tithing does. Look at B. When you tithe, you tell God, I trust you. You tell God, I trust you. Now, 
Go back above B just for a moment because that phrase, El Elyon, speaks to the most high God, the supreme God, the God that is above all things. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He is sovereign. He is all-powerful. And he says, when you give, you are telling that God thank you. But here's the second part, B, when you give your tithe, you are telling God I trust you. I trust you. Now, my brothers and sisters, I've got to be honest with you. I believe with all of my heart, you do your best to love God. But I don't believe with all of my heart, we all trust him. Matter of fact, we, we actually think God needs our help to provide for us. As if God can't do it without our help or assistance. Look at what Matthew 19, beginning of verse 23 says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Why is it hard for a rich person? Maybe, first of all, maybe I should say, who is a rich person? Because some of y'all are low. Amen, Rev. I ain't rich. And rich is really a relative term. But let me tell you how the Bible defines rich. If you have more than you need and most of what you want, you're rich. If you can stand in front of the refrigerator in a world where people are starving and make up your mind what you got a taste for, <laughs> you're rich. If you go to the closet and you say, now let me see if this matches this. No, I don't feel like looking, ooh, I think I gained too much weight to wear this. Let me put that back and go down a size in the other part of the closet to get the next size set of clothes that I have. Oh, wait a minute, I still got a tag on that. I haven't worn that yet. You rich! You are rich! If you had too much food to put in your upright refrigerator freezer and you had to buy a separate freezer to hold everything, you... You rich. You are rich. If you have more than a day's worth of what you need, the Bible says you are rich. If you're able to store up, even though you are too cheap to share, you are rich. If you fall in line more with the greedy than the needy, you are rich. And, and, and here's what Jesus said. Man, it's hard for a rich person. When you're trusting in your riches, when you're touching and trusting in your money, it's hard to enter the kingdom. Watch this. Some of you in here, you were way more spiritual when you were broke. I mean, when you was broke, busted, and disgusted, when your money was funny and your change was strange, you were way more spiritual than you are right now. Oh, when you didn't have anything, you was like, Lord, I, I, Lord, I give you my all. Ooh. Jesus, all I got is a dollar. Lord, I give you my all. When that dollar turned into a hundred, you was like, well, Lord, you know my heart. 
Wait a minute, how come you got to go know your heart when you get more money? But before that, you were like, I give you my all, Lord. <laughs> Exodus 22, verse 29, you shall not delay to offer the first of your ripe produce and your juices, the firstborn of your sons, you shall give to me. Leviticus 27, 30, let's read it together. Every tithe of the land, whether of the sea, of the land, or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. Write down this verse, please. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I'm going to read it for you, but you write it down for your own sake. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Now, here's what I need you to do. Before you start shouting on verses 5 and 6, you better keep on reading. Because the same God that says trust him with all your heart is the same God in verse 9 who says honor him with all your wealth. See, the truth of the matter is giving has less to do with your ability and amount and has more to do with your willingness to trust God. You know who give the most per capita in the church? Not the working folk. Not the upwardly mobile folk. Blue collar, low to medium income, and seniors. They get more per capita than anybody else in the church. You know why? Because those of you who are working, those of you who are trying to impress people you don't know, and look good for people you don't like are wearing your blessings. You driving your blessing. You living in your blessing. And that's all the blessing you're going to get. When I give to God, I am telling God, God, I trust you. I thank you for what you have provided, and I'm trusting you that you're going to provide what I need. I'm thanking you for what you're giving me today, and I'm trusting you with what I need tomorrow. I am going to trust you. And we give back to God just a portion of what he's given to us. Why? Because when we think about where we are, we wouldn't be here without God. Who wakes you up every morning? Who starts you on your way? Who keeps you in your right mind? Who protects you from danger seen and unseen? Who gives you grace when you need it? Who gives you mercy when you don't deserve it? Who washed you? Who cleansed you? Who redeemed you? Who restored you? Who gives you the strength to do what you do every day of your life? When I give, all I'm saying to God is God, I trust you. God, I believe that the same one who has provided for me in my past is going to take care of me in my future. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9. Let's read it together. For you know, grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth 
and with the first fruits of all your produce, then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, you need to realize when you practice the principle of tithing, you unleash an irrefutable law of Scripture. You unleash an irrefutable law of Scripture. It is a law, a spiritual principle that God cannot dishonor. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now, these phrases come out of an agricultural culture, right? Sowing and reaping, farming. So for those of you who are not farmers, let me contextualize this in a way that you might get it. If you sow cheaply or you give cheaply to God, you will get cheap back. If you sow generously, you reap generously. What you give is what you will get back. Now watch this. This law of sowing and reaping is very simple. Proverbs 11, verses 24 and 25 says, One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. There's this inverted philosophy when it comes to giving in the kingdom of God. We think, and the world teaches us, that we've got to get in order to have. So I keep in order to get. And God says, no, you got to give in order to get. And when you give, understand that you can't beat me, God, beat God giving, because watch this. God says, I have more ways to give to you than you have to give to me. Let me put a cord in the meter and park there for a second. Because watch this, when you come with your little offering, you say, well, I'm giving to God, and you act like you're making this big old sacrifice for God. God says, wait a minute, do you know how many ways I can bless you? God said, money is just one way I can bless you. But I can give you good health. I can keep you in your right mind. I can keep you from danger seen and unseen. I can make sure no weapon formed against you will prosper. I can set a table before your enemies. I can bless you when folk are trying to pull you down. I can lift you up. God says, I have so much to bless you with. Malachi 3.10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test. God said, try me. I mean, God's like, try, no, try me. Can, can you imagine God, like if he was a brother, like just looking, try me. Come on, come on, try me. You want some of this? Try me. God said, try me. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Galatians 6, 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always reap what you sow. 
I love Philippians 4.19. This is one of the scriptures that are always put in scripture memory boxes, right? People memorize this scripture. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Here's the problem. You memorize verse 19, but you don't look at it in the context of the prior verses. Because in the prior verses, what God talks about is giving in support of the ministry. He talks about giving in support of the kingdom work. And then for those who may be questioning, well, God, I'm giving all of this to the kingdom work. Paul says, oh, by the way, and God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. There was a 16-year-old young man who was taught early in life the principle of tithing. He had to leave home because his father was too poor to support him. He moved to the big city and he had this dream. He had this idea in his head that he wanted to learn how to make soap of all things. He saw the dirt, the grit, the grime in the city and he wanted to be a soap maker. He had trouble finding a job. He, he finally got in with a other, another man and, and they formed a partnership and they started making soap. The first dollar he made he took 10 cents out of that dollar and gave it to the Lord's work. Every week, he would make a little more, and every week, he would give a little more commensurate with what he made. He and that man that he went into partnership with saw their business flourish and grow. And every time it grew, he would take 10% of what he earned and would dedicate it to the Lord's work. Soon, his partner died, and he became the sole owner of the business. And then he told his accountant, his bookkeeper, he said, listen, I want you to open an account, and we're going to call this the Lord's account. And whatever we make, 10% of it is going out to do the work of God. And he continued to do that until he was so blessed, he told the bookkeeper, make it 20%. Kept on being blessed. His business expanded. He made it 30%, 40%, and then finally took it up to 50% of what he made. The young man's name was William Colgate. And he started a business that's part of that conglomerate now, Colgate Palmolive. Some of y'all use his toothpaste. And some of you use his soap even today. The richest man in the world, John D. Rockefeller, when asked the credit for his riches, he said, tithing. He said, I learned how to tithe as a little boy. My, 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 my family taught me the principle of tithing, and every time I earned money, I took 10% and dedicated it to kingdom work. And here's what I want you to understand. It's not the money that God blesses as much as he blesses the change in your attitude. To stop making yourself the center of your world and start making God and what God wants the center of your world. 
I'm going to ask the deacons to help me out. And I want you to see what this principle of tithing looks like. Because for somebody today, you need to see it. I'm saying it, but you don't really see it. Because I already know the excuses you make, because I made those excuses too. Well, I can't afford to tithe. And the truth of the matter is you really can't afford not to. But, you know, I can't afford because, you know, I got too many bills, right? And, and what I realized was I created unnecessary bills. Trying to squeeze in a little bit more under my max to get something I really didn't need to impress folk I really didn't know, right? I'm trying to get just a little bit more. Can I afford the payment? I, I, I just applied for a loan on a personal matter. And, and the banker said, man, Pastor, you got a problem with your credit. And I realized what it was because I pay cash for everything. I, man, I don't be trying to keep no notes around for nothing. I'd be like, man, how much is it? Uh. So the principle of tithing, you give 10%. Deacon Thomas, you will represent what we give to God. So every time you come through, you put God's offering on the table. Now, we're going to start with... Brother Deacon Thomas, why? Because we're going to give to God what? We're going to give to God first. We're not going to give him what's left, because how many of y'all know what's left is typically not enough to give God what he desires? Right? Okay, so we've got 100 items, and the deacons are going to help us figure out what goes to God and what goes to me. So this is what? This is God's table. Whose table is this? This is our table. This is your table. All right? Come on. So we're going to give God first fruits. One out of ten. Ten percent. That's the tithe. That's the tenth. And the 90 percent goes where? Our table. Now, here's the blessing. Here's the blessing that I need you to understand. When you give. All right, y'all come on. Y'all good. Deacon Thomas is giving me the 1%. Y'all, y'all, y'all take care of our table. When you give, the truth of the matter is you need to learn not how to live off of the 90, but really how to live off of 70. You give God first and then take at least 10 and save it. And invest it so that you have some seed when you need some planting. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Some of y'all are thinking, well, Pastor, you don't understand my living. Because I'm short every month. When are you living beyond your means? Tell you a little story. So one of the ladies at the church, she came. And she said, Pastor, we need, I need some rental assistance. And I said, all right. I said, well, you know, go to Benevolence and, and we'll help you out. And then the next month she came and she said, I need some utility assistance. And so I said, okay, well, before we do that, we need to look at your finances. We need to help you. I don't let folk in my business. No, no, if you're asking for our help, <laughs> we need to get in your business. Right? That, that's a prerequisite. Like I tell my children, if you want my money, you're going to get my comments. 
You don't want my comments? Then <laughs> you don't want my money. It's real simple. Because <laughs> my money go with my comments, you know what I mean? And my comments go with my money. So we finally got to the bottom of it, and we said, well, you know you have, like, a cable package? Like with all of the premium channels? You might need to cut that back a little bit. Oh, no, I need to be able to watch my TV. So, okay, you are single, living by yourself. Why do you have a two-bedroom apartment? Why don't you get a one-bedroom? I need an apartment just, I need another room just in case somebody want to come by and visit and they want to stay over. You, you're making a lot of trips to the nail salon and the hairdresser. I, I can't be coming up in church looking all funny any kind of way. But you got to make some choices, right? Now, whose table is this? This is God's table over here. And whose table is this? But pastor, I can't afford the tithe. It takes too much out of my pocket. Well, wait a minute. Look at what you have in your pocket already. This is the 90. This is God's. One, two, three, four, five, six. And then here's what you have the nerve to do. Oh, you need some help with your rent? Well, let me take some of this, oh, God's money, and let me give it to you. I mean, you got all that over there on the 90. But you want to take what, what you're supposed to be giving to God and give it to somebody else? You don't have to say amen. I know I'm right about it. you like my son. My son, my oldest son, Marcus, boy, that, 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 I love that boy. But that boy about as cheap as you want. He make a, a quarter holler. Boy, that boy, woo! That boy can get some money and play broke like he ain't got a dime. Like, man, I just took you to get your paycheck cashed. Yeah, but Pop, I ain't got no money, man. I mean, no, you got money. Why you want to spend my money? You know, he don't, when we used to, when he was younger, he don't do it anymore because I don't let him. But he used to, <laughs> we go to the store, and, and you know, he, we'd be shopping separately, but he always show up at the cash register at the same time. <laughs> he like on the other side of the store. He over there looking for this and looking for that, and then he ain't coming. I'm like, um, play it with your money. Oh, Pop, I ain't, you, know, I ain't, you know, I ain't got no money, Pop. Negro, you just got paid. What you mean you ain't got no money? Right? But he don't want to spend his money. And that's what we do. We want to give from the Lord's table. Look at this. The, the, wait a minute. Out of 100%, this is the Lord's table. This is your table. Are you really needy or are you greedy? Is it a money problem or is it an attitude problem? Do you not want to thank God? Do you not trust God? Are you not really focusing on God? Because when I look at this table and look at this table, the question is, whose table has more on it? I, I mean, listen, y'all. I 
could see you getting mad if you said, man, God, why are you trying to take 90 from me? You know understand what I'm saying? You're taking 90 and you're giving me 10. But this is God's table. And, and, and just so you understand why this is significant, let me tell you the kingdom significance. Every year we feed thousands of people. We have helped, have helped hundreds find jobs, helped tens of hundreds with legal assistance. We spread the gospel across the world, sponsored mission trips, have seen children and youth give their life to the Lord because of the ministry of this church. And 10% of the people pay for 90% of the programs. Which means most of y'all are having church on the cheap. And can I tell you the attitude we bring to God? Let me tell you the attitude we bring to God. It's like you going to eat and the waiter not bringing you back a bill. And you going to slip out without paying. And think you got away with something. When somebody else has already paid your tab. If, if the principle is 10. And, and before some of y'all trip, y'all y'all not even at five. Now I'm saying 10 is the, is the, is the floor. You ain't even at five. Basket roll by, you going and pulling out some change with lint out of your pocket. Y'all, come on now. Y'all know, hey, know I'm telling the truth, man. Some of y'all play like the offering is a surprise every week. Like, it's time for the offering. Oh, shoot. How much is, oh, that's a dollar. You got change? <laughs> y'all funny, man. I'm telling y'all, y'all funny. Y'all funny. But it's sad. That God has blessed us with so much, and we think so little of him in our giving. So here's my prayer. If you're going to make God first, do it right. So that God is honored, and you will be blessed in your honoring of God. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that the principle and the truth of tithing that it would help somebody today say, you know what, God, I have no excuse. I need to change my life. I need to change my priorities. I need to change my focus. And more than that, I need to make sure that my earthly giving can make a heavenly good. Bless now, God, as only you can. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those of you can and will, please stand on your feet. We've heard the truth. And nothing but the truth. And it's the word of God. 
and has reminded us afresh of all that God has done for us. And he ultimately gave his only begotten son so that we might be saved. Somebody here today needs to accept the Lord Jesus. You had a visible demonstration of what it really means. And so we're going to give you an opportunity right now to come just as you are to accept Jesus Christ. He died for you. Gave up his life so that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so we extend to you right now that chance to come just as you are. Word of God has been preached. A response is there. So we give you a chance right now as the choir sings to come just as you are. You don't have to clean yourself up. Just come just as you are. As the choir sings, come right now. trying to decide if you're going to join this church family. Well, today is a good opportunity. We invite you to come. You haven't been going to church and you know you needed to be in church. And Man, you're so glad to be here on the first Sunday. Lord, thank you that I got here. Well, there's a reason that you're here. And now you have a chance to come and give him your life. Come on back. Whatever has happened in your life, God has forgiven you. He's waiting for you right now. Don't let it hold you back. We extend to you an offer right now to come just as you are. Make yourself available to him. to our brothers and sisters that have come. Lord, we come now to 
lift them up to you, Lord. You know what they have need of. And so we pray for them right now that you meet those needs, Lord. We ask for special blessings on them, Lord, that whatever they need to work out, that you help them to work it out. Thank you that you are God of all the resources that we need. That you have more than we have, Lord, and that we can come to you freely. And you freely shall give. So right now we come and we lift them up to you, Lord. We ask your blessings on them in a mighty, mighty way. Thank you for the courage for coming, Lord. And I pray right now that you bless them as only you can. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. church it's time for the offering all right there's several ways that you can give you can use push pay you can text you can uh, go online and use Givelify. you can also have your money ready as the baskets are passed by check or by cash all we ask is that you give as God has blessed you. You've seen the demonstration this morning. That's all everything that you have and all God is asking for is that little bitty thing. That ought to be enough for you this morning. And so while you're gathering together, the deacons are preparing. Remember this, you can't beat God giving. The old song says no matter how hard you try, the more you give, the more he gives to you. Just keep on giving. Yes, indeed. All right, let us continue, Brother Deacons, in giving. Supper. Ask deacons to take their place.
This is a time of remembrance. And many of us can seize the moment and make it a time of forgetting as well. Forget about the troubles that you brought here. It's time to remember the one that can take care of your troubles. So when we come to this table, it represents all of us being obedient to what the Word of God told us, and that was to remember what God and Jesus Christ did for us. So we don't take it lightly. This is not a check it off on your list. This is not, oh, I made it first Sunday. I can check that off. No, it's a whole lot more than that. God did too much for us to be a checkoff list. So when we're here, we're here to remember the blood that was shed for us. We're here to remember the death that was sacrificed for us. We're here to remember the cross. We're here to remember that Jesus gave up his will for God's will. And he did it all for us. I don't know if you've ever asked somebody to do you a favor. They tell you they're going to do it and they don't do it. And you really counted on that favor. And when it came time to do it, they just said, well, I, I just couldn't do it. I'm so glad Jesus didn't change his mind. I'm so glad that he gave up his will and did God's will. And that's why we're here to celebrate right now. So every head bowed. God, we come to this table to remember your redeeming love for all of us. We come to remember the blood that was shed for us. And then we come with thankful hearts and we thank you. We're grateful, Lord, that you sent your only begotten son for a sinner like us. Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. In the sweet name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood Bye, bye, bye. Nothing but the blood. There are some days that's what you need to just get you through. And just nothing but the blood to get you through. Those days you didn't want to go in, but you had to go in. And the only thing that got you through was the blood. Thank you, Lord. On the very night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he blessed it and said, this is my body given for you. Let us eat it together. Then he lifted the cup and he said that this represents my blood that will be shed for the remission of sins. This blood if it had not been shed, we would not have been forgiven. So this blood, his blood, thank goodness it's not my blood because nothing would happen with my blood, but his blood that was shed for you and I. Let us drink it together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you for the redeeming love on a hill called Calvary. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. That you hung, bled, and died. Thank you. That the grave couldn't hold you. Thank you. That you got all power in your hand. Thank you. Oh, we bless your name today, Lord. Name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. It will never lose. I'm so glad it will never lose. Thank you, Lord. Now, we know we have some parents with children. You can ease out now and, uh, to Children's Church and pick up your, your babies. All right, Master Control, we're in your hands. Finding a place to take your loved one on Valentine's Day can be challenging, from making reservations to waiting long hours for a table. What a hassle. Instead, come and enjoy a wonderful Valentine's Day dinner here in The View. Don't miss this spectacular evening of fun, fellowship, live music, and dinner for two on February 14th from 7 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. in The View. Sign up via the Good Hope website or I Am Hope mobile app. The cost is $60 per couple. RSVP while seating and dance floor space is still available. Have a blessed day. I'm Deacon Gray with Good Home Mission Baptist Church. I'm the lead sermon for Upward Soccer. We have a practice. At the practice, kids do a devotional. 
And during the games and halfway part of the games, we do another devotional. It's all about bringing Christ to these children. Last year, 2019, was our first year having Upper Soccer's in Good Hope. It was a phenomenal success. We had about 50% more kids than we anticipated in our targeted area. In 2020, we're looking for more kids to participate. And we'd like for your child to sign to play Upper Soccer. Or if not, we'd like for you to sponsor a child to play Upper Soccer. Hey, this past summer, we had an opportunity to take our kids to Kids Across America and Stony Creek Camps, and we had a great time. These kids were strolling. These kids was having fun. These kids were doing archery, fishing. They were doing things that they never in their life thought that they would ever do, and they met people along the way that looked just like them, but one of the greatest things that they did was they ended up going to Cross Talk, and they went and seen what Jesus did for them on the cross. It was so powerful that a lot of our kids ended up rededicating their life or being baptized. Man, if you feel like you're interested in, in sponsoring a kid or giving money towards the bus this year, my plan this year, I took 67 kids, my plan this year is to take over 100. That's going to cost a whole lot of money, good hope. But I hope and pray that this touches you and it hits your heart in the way that you want to give money for these kids. Thank you, and I love you. Don't forget, CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week. And remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world. All right, govern yourselves accordingly. I want to also remind you that the Valentine dance that's uh, for February... 14th. We're still looking for a lot of the couples to sign up. So, you know, wife, tell your husband, go on and pay, baby, because we're going. <laughs> All right. And then come on and show up in your pretty red and whatever for, the, for that Valentine's dance. All right. Have a good time. It's going to be a, a good evening. You know, if you got your boo and you want to take, take him. Come on. And you know, you, wife, you can pay. Amen. We really want you to come out and have a good time. So that's really what we want to do. So they want you to sign up today in the fellowship hall. There's a table there waiting for you to come on and pay up. And we also have small group series sign up. So come on and sign up for a small group. You can start one or you can be involved with one. Amen. All right. Uh, also on the uh, app, we're asking that uh, you go to the website. If you haven't downloaded the app, you can, do, you can go to the app store and download I Am Hope and download the website. And if you have it, I think we have over 1,400 people that have signed up. We're doing a survey for this month. So we want you to go in and uh, do, answer the survey. We're asking for your name and your zip code. We're just trying to gather some information. So you can do it right now. I know you got your smartphone out. Not the flip phones, the smartphones. <laughs> All right, so pull it out now, please, and go to the site. Put in your name and put in your zip code. Help us out to try to gather some information. All right, so I see somebody, one or two of y'all, getting out your phone. Make it three or four of y'all. All right. Okay, go and just, it's real quick. It doesn't take that long to do it. Your name, zip code. And put that in there for us so that we can capture some information so we can better serve 
uh, our members as well as serve the community. All right? Okay, now, we know you're not going to do it when you leave, so we can do it now. Amen. All right. Okay, good. Y'all so obedient. Amen. All right. Okay. It's the Good Hope website. You got this little red with the Good Hope logo that put your, put your name and your zip code. Amen. All right. Okay, y'all, y'all so good. All right. Okay, now it's time to recognize our guest. So if you're visiting today for the very first time to the Good Hope Church, would you please stand? We're not going to ask you to say anything. We do want to recognize you. Please remain standing. Amen. All right. Amen. All right. We're so glad that you came this way to fellowship with us. Uh, we hope that you have been blessed by the singing, by the preached word, and by the fellowship, by a warm smile or a friendly handshake. And because you're here, we have a special reception for you. So I'm going to ask that you gather your things and you follow uh, these people here who are standing with these signs that says guest relations, and they're going to take you to the area for the reception. We have a special gift for you. We're going to share a little bit more about the Good Hope Church and just show you some love in a special, special way, all right? So gather your things. If someone came with you, they can go with you and follow our members of the Guest Relations Ministry, all right? Amen. Show some love, church, while they visit with us. All right, we got some more upstairs. Amen. All right. Hang out with us. All right. Well, you're blessed by that word today. Amen. Amen. Thank God for the senior pastor. We cut a couple of us, but we'd be all right. Amen. If the word don't cut you, something wrong. Because it's designed to cut. Amen. All right. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right. Okay, if everybody's good, let's stand and receive the benediction. God, we come now to thank you for your word today, Lord, the, the truth of your word that convicts us, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you that you loved us enough to give your only begotten son, and then you love us enough to give to us, and all you ask for is a tenth. Thank you, Lord, that your gifts are abundant, and you give us more than we need. So we thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray for everyone of the sound of my voice that you bless them this week when they rise up early and settle late. Bless them, Lord, as they go out and as they come in. Bless them in their labor and in their leisure until we come together again to the house of prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, hug somebody on your way out.
Son of God.